Welcome to Raising the Bar, the one and only podcast that centers the lives and experiences of women of color while discussing legal issues and policies. We aim to inform, educate, and provide concrete tools to empower, expand, and raise the bar for our communities and ourselves. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Raising the Bar with Iman. I am so excited about this episode. We are we're doing a follow-up to the midterms. A couple of people asked me for my thoughts, and I'm actually glad I waited to record because so much has been happening. Um, today is Sunday, November 18th. For all of you who are wondering, like just where we are in the timeline of events. And um, yeah, so let's just start with, you know, y'all know this is Raising the Bar with Iman. This is the ninth episode. Uh, the website is rtbpodcast.com, uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm sorry, Instagram and Facebook. Don't have a Twitter. But Instagram and Facebook is one RTB podcast. Um, yeah, let's get into the affirmation. And I chose this affirmation very wisely. We're going to do two because I think it. Um, much of the episode will talk about Stacey Abrams and how she's not conceding and she's fighting and moving and pressing on. Um, and so I thought... This was just very fitting because um, there are so many parallels to just what Stacey Abrams is going through. And I know a lot of black women can definitely relate to what she's going through. But what I found this on um, DearBlackWomanProject.com and it says, I will not shrink myself to become a more likable version for the sake of the masses. And that's by Jennifer for Dear Black Woman. And, you know... One thing we're seeing, you know, with Stacey Abrams, you know, not conceding and acknowledging, you know, that he will be certified, Brian Kemp will be certified as governor of Georgia, but not conceding and pressing on and fighting to introduce accountability into the electoral process in Georgia is, I, I, I beam with pride. I really do. As another black woman who's been you know, just about questions and, you know, you have your integrity questions, you, your question of why you're in the room, your, your question, you know, your education, your experience is always questioned. She is not letting her stop her, stop, stop. She's not letting any of that stop her. And she's not shrinking herself to become more likable as well. And I think it's definitely, um, it speaks to the other side is just about calling her everything but a, a child of God because she's refusing to, you know, to concede. And it just speaks to like a lot of the things that we, we, we go through. Um, another, <laughs> another affirmation that's on this page is make the regress, make the regret not fucking with you. So I, you will regret the day that you chose not to, to fuck with me. And I, and you know, I definitely, I'm not speaking for Stacey Abrams. I'm not saying that's what she's saying. You know, I think that more than anything, what she's saying by not conceding is that she does not want to give value or give, you know, lend any value to the res, the, the election results, right? Because that, that's not right. Because we know that they, everything that the other side did, everything that the GOP and Brian Kemp did was intentional to suppress the vote of minorities, African-Americans, um, and people that were more likely to vote for Stacey Abrams. So yeah, so um, up next, 
um, we will, I'll bring, I'll bring Vanetta in and you'll hear an interview that we did. Um, she actually came to visit me. So we decided to record the podcast as well. So I really, really hope you enjoy it. All right. So welcome back to Raising the Bar. I am so happy to have um, my friend back to talk about uh, the just the Georgia election, the um, race for governor. So welcome back, Vanetta. Thanks for having me. Hello, RTV family. Um, I'm kind of glad we waited to do this so late because it just it was like God just kept giving me jewels. It just kept like giving me more things to talk about. And I think one of the major things we wanted to talk about was Stacey Abrams, this is not a concession email. Um, and just to give you, you know, some background. So as we talked about before, Stacey Abrams, um, she was running for governor of Georgia. Um, she was running against um, Kemp, who was actually the current secretary of state. So he was actually, you know, his job and duty was to oversee the election um, and, you know, as we talked about before, if you didn't listen to episode seven, please go back and listen to it because we talk more about just why this was so problematic. And we'll get into that today. But um, just recently, um, after, let me pull up the exact numbers. So for governor, you had about uh, 39, 3,900,000, so 3.9 million people voted for governor. Um, and, uh, there was a very slim margin, I would say of the votes that they're counting. So let's, cause I, it's so many different, it's so many ways we can qualify the numbers that we're about to say. And I think that that's part of the reason, um, why there's such, you know, um, why this particular race is so important, but just the final numbers were with 100%. And this is according to New York times with hundred percent of the precincts voting, Brian Kemp had 50.3% of the votes and Stacey Abrams had 48.8% of the vote. And so the way that we're going to talk about it, you know, Vanetta, she were, um, she lives in Georgia. She is, you know, a Georgia voter. Um, and so I wanted to break down this email that we got from Stacey Abrams. Um, and the type, the subject is, this is not a concession. And so even, so this came out on November 16th, as we all know, the election was November 6th. So 10 days after, um, you know, and I, uh, so let's back up because even before, you know, this email right here, she was adamant about not conceding. Even when you had Andrew, uh, Andrew Gilliam Correct. who conceded and quickly, quickly. And I, first of all, can we even go back? Cause I think I'm, I'm very, very aggravated at the media sometimes. I think they're so quick to call races and they're so quick to. Um, want to say that they, they're the first to know something. Yeah. That even in, so I, I, I think that, and I think that kind of propels Trump's fake news narrative mm -hmm. that, you know, and I, I do think some of them have been a little more careful because they have been caught up in some, mm -hmm. what I, I hate to use the term fake news, but some inaccurate news reporting in the rush to be first. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think. Election night is definitely a night where you don't want to do that. Or just chill, man. Just chill. Or even the fact, you know, they come with all these polls literally up until the millisecond. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was one of the things that Trump loves to tout. Yeah. Like, and everybody said I was going to lose. You know, obviously these polls don't work. Mm -hmm. um, but, I, and I don't think that was the case. I think people just say, oh, we got this. He's not going to win. I'm good. Mm -hmm. And that 
worked in his favor. Exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, so, you know, 10 days after um, the election night, you know, the Abrams campaign sent out a message saying this is not a concession. And we're not going to go through the whole entire email, but, you know, I definitely would urge anyone to read it. But we are going to talk about just some portions of it and, you know, what it means like what it means for black women, what it means for the fact that a black woman did this, right? Even after the election she had where, you know, they basically called her everything under the sun. They threw everything at her. Um, and even after all that, you know what I mean? She was like, nah, I'm still not giving you this win as easily. Um, so, yeah. So, just to go in, I think the second paragraph after the email, just to open it, open it up, she says, but this year our state failed its voters. More than a million citizens found their names stripped from the rolls by the Secretary of State. Tens of thousands hung in limbo, rejected due to human error and a system of suppression that has already proven its bias. The remedy, they were told, was simply to show up. Only they, like thousands of others, found polling places shut down, understaffed, ill-equipped, or simply unable to serve as basic function for lack of a power cord. And so I wanted to ask you, Vanetta, I think... It's not uncommon for stuff to happen, right, during election day, right? Technology is technology. I think what people need to realize is that more likely than not, you had, if something did happen, it did happen in a Democrat, in places where Democrats vote. Correct. And the fact that, you know, people were sending, or they sent, you know, equipment with no power cord to like Democratic areas. Correct. there is a, a that's the, the state of Georgia failed its citizens, right? And I see a lot of people, and I'm I'm not really sure on how this works. You know, are shifting the blame. Well, you should blame your county, your county elections, your county's fault. But I think at the end of the day, it's like anything. If you go to a McDonald's, and it's a corporate McDonald's, they're still responsible to right, and it sets a tone from the top down. And I guess for me, you you can't say, especially when so many things occur in one election. I think that's the thing. Like, we were expecting it to be something. We didn't know what it was going to be because it already started. It wasn't, it was an anticipated fight from mm-hmm. the jump. The minute he decided he did not have to sit down, step down. Or, and when the president, you know, said nobody's done it before, when that's not true, Max Cleland stepped down. Mm-hmm. Um, Kathy Cox didn't necessarily step down, but she recused herself from election duties. Instead, because Secretary of State does have other responsibilities besides elections, of course. So I think Stacey Abrams knew from the jump it was going to be issues. And she did everything in her power to be proactive, i.e. sending out... Like, I got in the mail. I actually got the application for an absentee ballot, right? Mm-hmm. I, and all I had to do was sign it. I didn't have to put a stamp on it. Dropped it in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was an increase in absentee ballots because we know that these machines had already been hacked. And Brian Kemp, Secretary of State, had not addressed that issue. And because we didn't trust him. People said... Oh, no, I'm sending it in. Well, what do you do? People send in this, these extra ballots. I mean, these ballots. And then you get this, oh, well, the signatures don't match. When, like, somebody's had the same signature since they were 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Or when they don't even teach in cursive no more in school, right? So some people, you know, their signature could change all the time. Or then it's, oh, they missed a deadline. I even saw a case where on a self 
it's already addressed when they sent it to you. It it was returned to sender. Like, how is my absentee ballot? Because if it got to me in the first place, then the address, yeah. If it came from you, how your how is your address wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it was it it was a multi prong attack approach. Mm-hmm. You know, and she did everything she could, but because she knew she was going to have these issues in the democratic areas because at the end of the day Georgia is a red state. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, and when I and I think when I looked at it, like the county by county breakdown, even in the red counties, I mean some of these counties didn't even have a total of two thousand people voting. They're so small. You know? Um so yeah, you're not you're right. You might can have three machines at a place where two thousand people voting. Turner County. <laughs> <laughs> 2,000 votes for Brian Kemp, 1,000, 1,200 votes for Stacey Abrams. Right. So, you know, you, you can't, obviously, you're talking about rural Georgia mm-hmm. versus urban, democratic Georgia, mm-hmm. right? And I hate to say it like an us against them kind of thing, but it is, right? So, it's amazing that none of these stories are coming out of these red counties, mm-hmm. but and they're just now it's being attributed to oh because it's more people oh because it's the county it's a million reasons why things went wrong where Stacey Abrams was predicted to win. Mm-hmm. So and, and so to just to go further with her email, um, so then she outlines a lot of the problems that we saw right um, in the state, um, and I want to get to like this is a, a little further down in the email. She says, to be clear, this is not a speech of concession. And so what does concession mean? Uh, Per the dictionary, (laughs) uh, the first part is admit that something is true or valid after first denying or or resisting it. Surrender or yield. Um, So I I believe words mean things. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that she put that out there. I'm saying that it is not possible for me to win this election, but I'm not saying I admit that I was defeated. Mm-hmm. I'm not yielding this to him. Yeah. I'm saying that mathematically, I is nothing more I can do legally mm-hmm. to make this come out in my favor. Gotcha. And and, and to, to further go, she says concession, like you said, means to acknowledge an action as right, true, or proper. And that's what I won't do on this day of November 16th. I will not. It. I will not do it. And then it says, I, as a woman of conscience and faith, I cannot concede. But my assessment is that the law currently allows no further viable remedy. And, you know, further, and I tell people all the time, there are limits to this law. Limits to this law, sometimes limits to the law that they're meant to be there, right? It's meant to, for this outcome to happen. But I I just want to, I could not stop smiling and saying, That's right. Like, when I read this email, I was like, yes! Because, (laughs) I I mean... I felt empowered reading it. Hell yeah! And I don't know if it resonated more with me as a black woman, because one of the things that studies have shown is that, and women in general, but especially black women, we aren't best at fighting for ourselves in corporate America, right? That's something because we, A, for black women, you don't want to be angry, or you don't want to like your whining, or you're in... But and I think it's very important to know that she she's already acknowledged. I noticed what people are going to say. Mm-hmm. They're going to say I you know I'm just not accepting defeat. But 
completely ignore why I'm not accepting defeat mm-hmm. because I wasn't defeated fairly, Correct. right? Or justly. It's, it, I mean, it's the equivalent of somebody submitting your paper with their name on it when mm-hmm. they didn't do the work. So um, I think Brian Kemp's work <laughs> was voter suppression, mm-hmm. you know, to make it challenging. And he had, and I think the part, again, that's so disparaging, and I said this last time, is the fact that he he say he said this. He said, We are gonna have a problem. I am not going to win if minorities come out and vote the way she is trying to encourage them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and just to go back, I definitely I think as a black woman, a lot of this resonated with me, right? A lot of this is because now they're they're painting her, they're painting this picture of her, of course, where they're trying to compare her to this, you know, this white woman who had to concede and she was sitting in this video with her dog. And you know what I mean? It was like, you know, here she is. She is doing what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to concede nicely. You know, that's when it was a fair fight. Correct. You know what I mean? That's when, you know, if it was fair, I, I, I almost guarantee you should be like, you know what, Brian, you, you won. You know, good luck. I'm here to support you. Right. But it's not a fair fight. And I think more so than ever, especially black women, even though we come with, you know, more, um, more, we become more qualified than people, more degrees, more experience. You know what I mean? We fight like hell to get in certain places. We're still told we're not enough. You know what I mean? And, and just take this L. It was a good trouble. Take that L and go off and about your business. Nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And it's so refreshing to me. I think, and, that's one of the things that's been bothering me about the Democratic Party is that, listen, I get sometimes we try to take the high road, but sometimes it's kind of like, nah, fight for what's yours. Right. And I'm and you could you don't have to fight dirty like them, right? Correct. I'm not I'm not saying that that has to be done. Right. But I'm saying that the Democratic Party, you need to build a fucking backbone. No, you're absolutely right. And, and ironically enough, I went to go see Mich- becoming Michelle Obama last night, and when she talked about. I don't want to say how this, when they go low, we go high, can Mm -hmm. be misconstrued by what she meant. And she said, oh, I'm not saying don't fight back. I'm not saying let them run over you. I'm saying you keep ascending. You Mm -hmm. keep doing better, being better, and it's going to come out. You don't go to their level to win. And when she said, of course, thinking about Stacey Abrams, it just resonated with me because I do think a lot of people tried to say, thinks going high means silence and that's not what going high it doesn't mean be silent Mm -hmm. you know and so i definitely appreciate that stacy abram is saying what i'm not going to do is go quietly into the night Mm -hmm. and i think this email and especially the way it was worded was meant to strike a chord of fear Mm -hmm. in them and it did for me, like on their behalf, right? Mm-hmm. Because she basically said, I'm not going away. Now, I'm going to tell you everything you did wrong. I'm going to stop fighting you on one level, but I'm still going to fight you. Gotcha. I'm still here. I'm still going to make sure that you make these changes. There are still lawsuits coming, but I'm going to let you, Brian Kemp, go ahead and be governor. But my face is not. I'm not pulling the Homer Simpson meme. Mm-hmm. I'm not, fade, I'm not <laughs> fading, fading back in the bushes. <laughs> I'm going to be in your face. And you go have to. You gonna wish I won by the time this is over, just so you don't have to continuously explain what, how this happens yeah. in Georgia. Yeah, I yeah. So let's go because this is both our favorite uh, sentence in this um, email. And the next sentence she goes on, Miss Abrams, you you just gave me life with this whole sentence right here. Make no mistakes. 
the former Secretary of State was deliberate and intentional in his actions. And so I, I'm not even, I can't even go into the, the rest of the paragraph because I think what this says mm-hmm. is, that next sentence in mind is okay. Well, I'm a fuck. <laughs> oh yes, I know that eight years of systemic disenf- disenfranchisement, disinvestment, and incompetence had its desired effect on the elector- electoral process in Georgia. Those three words. First of all, it's way more than eight years, boo. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, way more. If we talk about disenfranchisement, I cannot say that damn word. Disenfranchisement. Disinvestment and incompetence. Way more than eight years. But, boo, if you want to focus on the last eight, let's do that. I think she's doing that because him. That's yeah. on him, under his and watch. I get, but he, way longer than that. Yeah. Way but longer I, than I that. I think it feeds into her campaign of you've been. Don't, you don't deserve a promotion. Yeah. And you've been planning for this for a minute. Right. 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 Because right. as Secretary of State, I'm able to build the way, especially when it comes to electoral. Electoral power, right? I'm able to set some stuff up to where you won't be able. Oh, I to ensure my success, right? And I think what I think what she's trying to say, and and what I loved about it is everything he did to you know control this to control this election and to ensure its outcome is intentional. So all of the things that's in this email, make no mistake, I see you, Brian. And know that you, and I'm gonna make sure other people see you, right? And you know what I mean. Like I, I just, and I think that goes back to, and not saying defeat, but this. I need you to understand what I was up against. Mm-hmm. This. I don't want you to look at this as a right now, this moment, this 2018 election. It was a buildup. It was a a, a a process, a long game that was played. Honestly. For anyone who comes against, because I mean, let's be clear, Brian Kemp is not extraordinary, right? No. So it was it. I don't even say it was built for him. It was built so any clone Manchurian candidate like him could win, right? Against somebody who is better. Because, and not to get too far topic, but one of the things I felt the next day was I felt encouraged. In spite of what they presented as the results for some of these elections that for Andrew Gillum, for Beto, for Stacey, the ones where they tried to tout we had big losses. Because one of the things I realize is we keep sending better and better people to fight their mediocre. Because and as long as they keep cheating and not focused on actually being better, mm-hmm. right? Not focusing on uniting people, they're going to continue to see a chip away and this wasn't a chip the results of these elections were not a chip away Mm -hmm. this was we are coming for you and it is about to be over but their brand has never been let's send the the best and the brightest but and i'm and exactly (laughs) that's never been it's never been their brand but i think that's what that's why it's becoming hard for them because they don't even know what else to do Mm -hmm. right because the cheating and the disenfranchisement and the disinvestment and the incompetence has still kept them in the room, mm-hmm. right? Making the decisions. When you got people coming up, getting they're educated, mm-hmm. triply educated, i.e. Stacey Abrams with three degrees. Not that degrees equal competence and education. You know uh, what you can yeah. do. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a BA in agriculture from UGA and a law degree from Yale. A master's mm-hmm. from, I think, University of Texas, and experience on the state level in the state legislature. Right. Yeah. Like she, she's definitely yes. And yes. I think that's always been our brand. If you look at hell, 
You know what I mean? Let's start with Bush, the second Bush. Mm-hmm. Hell, let's look at Reagan. Mm-hmm. Get that. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. let's look at let's look at you know Barack Obama compared to hell. I forgot who we ran against. He ran against <laughs> John McCain. Oh, oh that was the only one that probably was yeah, worthy. But yeah. both, yeah, yeah. I think I, it's never been their brand to me. I think you know, and hell, look at Trump and Hillary. Which Hillary, if you run again, Lord Jesus. What we not gonna do? I hope this, it's a bait and switch. I hope she's just doing that so somebody will stand up. That's my. That's my story. I'm sticking. I to wish it. y'all could see. I know this is a podcast, but I wish you could see how I'm looking at Vanessa right now. I believe in my heart, people. Let look, let it be known. I'm calling it. She is just doing that to make people get off their ass and step up because nobody wants it. Is a universal belief that nobody wants Hillary to run again except Hillary. I don't okay, okay, Continue. okay. Let's finish. Sorry, sorry, y'all, for the um, the side note, but at the end, you know, so the email goes into you know, make no mistakes. I see you, right, Kemp, and do not worry. I, I know, let's acknowledge, let's put everything out there that everything that you did was intentional. But more than anything, she ends with solutions. And her solutions is the launch of Fair Fight Georgia, an operation that will pursue accountability in Georgia's elections and integrity in the process of maintaining our voter rolls. So, you know, Fair Fight Georgia is a new campaign that she's um, going to spearhead. And I think more than anything, you know, they're going to take some of the work over the past several weeks and demand le- demand strong legal demand. I'm sorry, there's going to be a strong legal demand for reform in the election system in Georgia. And she will not waver in her commitment to work across party lines and across divisions to find a common purpose in protecting the democracy. And I think more than anything, starting with the Trump election and the Russian collusion, I, we are seeing that the other party, there's no limits. Just when we think, like, damn... You know what I mean? Not, not like they really did this. Like just when we think that there's nothing else they could do, they continue to show us that really, I mean, they're they're not above anything to make sure that they win. Oh, definitely not. And I think that's one of the things that I find bothersome in some of the people's defense because I think that people feel like racism is gonna still look the same in the varying stages of history, right? Mm-hmm. They, It's like, no, that's not racist because this is what racism used to look like. It is a living, breathing, evolving thing, mm-hmm. right? It is. It, it, they have to change it once they're called out on it. They change the way they play the game, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, it's the, the, the age old, the adage of moving the goalposts, right? That's what it is. It's, it's changing. They change the rules of the game. So, you know, of course, when you talk about voter suppression it doesn't look like what it used to like in the Jim Crow era with some of the but it's still the same barriers right Mm -hmm. that disproportionately affect one group of people versus another yeah so it's the same they're just changing the way they play they just changing the way they play the game so I, I, I don't I it bothers me when people say no 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 that's not racist it's just this it's just following the law it's just no 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 or I mean I'll give you a perfect example. And I actually told you this already. Um, You know, about the Cindy Hyde Smith in Mississippi Mm -hmm. who made the comment about, you know, this gentleman and how much to attest to how much she liked him. She said she would come if he invited her to a public hanging. Let me tell you something. I ain't ever in my life thought about a hanging 
in relation to how much I like somebody, right? <laughs> I just, that just ain't it, you know? So then when it comes out, she she goes and says, oh, no, I'm not being racist. It's a figure of speech, y'all. It's a figure of speech. And I, it, I, no, I, and then I see people saying, no, that, that they used public hangings used to be legal. She talking about public hangings back when that was the way justice was dealt. So I had to ask myself, public hangings le- ended in 1940 legally. The U.S. banned public hangings. This one was born in 1959. So you feel like people who defend her, she, she was referring to this practice that ended 20 years before she was born and not the one that was still going on when she was 10 years old, i.e. lynching. Yeah, I, I you you swear you tried to tell me there was a difference between public hangings and lynchings. I get what you were trying to say, but nah. Like I can't okay, I don't the whole Cindy thing, I am so over. First of all, when people say stuff, I am so over. One thing I do respect about Cindy is she said I said what I said. She has definitely said I said right? what I said. I said what I said. Oh, by the way, you you black people was genocide and y'all killed yeah, your babies. Yeah, because y'all do abortions. But I said what I said. Yeah. So for the most part, Cindy's standing by what she said is fucked up, but she I, I can respect her for that. That that's as far as that goes. Because for the most part, we always get well, you know, it was a misunderstanding, or I accidentally said it, or and, and, and the, the people of Mississippi, that should show you who y'all dealing with, like y'all don't already know, but that should show you what you're dealing with. Mississippi of all damn states. Which just goes back to, I, and I think maybe if somebody in another state had said it, it may have, but it's the fact you in Mississippi, which is synonymous with the word lynching, like literally, even though the last official, and I hate to use that word, mm. lynching recorded was in 1968-69. And by the way, we still can't get an anti-lynching statute. That I, was like, I was going to say, <laughs> episode throw back, four. Right, throw back to episode four. four. <laughs> throw back to episode four. But all that to say, it goes back to people trying to change the narrative. Words mean things. I would go to a public hanging even though there were public hangings of black people happening when you were 10 years old in the state, but not public executions that you quote unquote was referring to, it goes back to words mean things, mm-hmm. and these people are still alive. I think that's what put in perspective for me when I when I when I realized that people when somebody was making that comment, and I'm like, these, we we gotta wait on them to die out because they're not changing, right? Mm-hmm. And they're and i.e. since she's running for state senator, right? Is that yes. what, yeah? Or no, I mean. Yeah, she's running for a Senate position. So these people are not, they're alive, they're well, and they're trying to be, they're trying to be involved in making laws still, i.e. this situation. So <laughs> you got to go, Cindy. No, this ain't it. You, you, you're done here. I don't, it's Mississippi, so I cannot say she's truly done here, people. I'm just saying for, for those type of people to be outspoken, i.e. I said what I said, and y'all just sensitive Racism is done. Nobody lynches people. I wouldn't go to a lynching. I mean, but I, <laughs> even though I don't even know what type lynching. of, like you said, what type of friend. I, I can't say that I would want to, you know, yeah, let's go to a shooting. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. How, how much would you ride for me? Yeah. Ma? I don't know. Not that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I think to go back to what you were saying, I think oh, definitely. Yeah, get me back on track. Sorry. No, but no, just to go, to go back, you know, the difference between the whole institutional racism and the kind of personal racism like you somebody called you a nigga right right i think first of all that there i part of it 
I, I do believe. So the limits of the law is this. I can, I can actually seek remedy in a court for someone who was intentionally racist towards me. And I can prove Simple. that they're, yeah, I can prove, you know, they're anti-discrimination statutes, you know, as far as in the workplace, you know, civil issues. And, you know, you have the hate crime, right? right. Where I can prove that if one person did something to me intentionally. Based on my you know, race, religion, exactly, or sexuality. I can get, I can seek some sort of remedy, right? right. The limits of the law is institutional racism, which a lot of conservatives think is just invisible, but the voter, the, this right here that we're talking about is a form of institutional racism, right? Where you have institutions and practices conflating together to oppress people. And that's what they figured to say, I'm, I don't even need to call you a nigga no more. Mm-mm. I don't need to do that because I can Imagine see Brian Kemp. You know what I mean? See, see the state of Georgia's last gubernatorial election. See Brian Kim, who did not step down until after he yes. won. And then he said, you know what? I'm just going to step down. You know what I mean? Because the Secretary of State needs to be able to certify this election. So I'm let me step down because you know what? I'm doing this for the people of Georgia. So I'm going to go. You should have stepped down a year ago, bruh. A year ago. And I don't even know, was it even possible for him to certify his own election to say, oh, by the way, as Secretary of State, I certify that I am now the governor? I have no idea. I, I had, <laughs> I legitly had to block. Like, once I, you know, I was arguing with, you know, I'm Queen Troll, arguing with somebody who said the only reason he didn't do it is because nobody, it was no precedent of what people do. And I laid out the facts. There was, yes. That it has happened. Max Cleland did it when he was running for senator. How there are people, this person never came back, by the way, uh-huh. after I laid this out. So after that, I was done because my thing was there are literally people who believe lies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. every that, single day. There are, there on are, both sides. On both sides, of course. Yeah. But a cre- there is literally an alternate reality that you said, no, 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 it's okay that he did. Because my thing is, even if there wasn't a precedent, when people are asking you to do it mm-hmm. and they're saying it's not okay, just do it. Yeah. It doesn't if, have to be a president. If you don't, because if, if the voters are going to vote, if the voters will choose their next, you know what I mean? Like, if that's the case, then allow the voters of Georgia to choose whoever they want to choose. Especially when I realized he, when I saw that Kathy Cox, what she did, because I kept saying, well, maybe he needed a check for all that debt he in, right? <laughs> that they don't want to talk about. So maybe he needed these checks to help pay off this debt. And then I said, and so Kathy Cox didn't step down. She just recused herself from anything election related and did and had a, a whoever the assistant secretary of state is, a deputy, whatever. That's the person who oversaw everything. Of course, that still might be because that's your boss. But my point is, it's not the visual, the aesthetic that, hey, I'm George. Oh, I'm the go- Let me, oh, <laughs> let me sign this paper. I'm the governor now. Say what? So that's you know, I'm. We're gonna end with this. I had to recently. We gotta tell somebody, end now. I'm just kidding. But no, because this is gonna be another tangent. I had to recently tell someone that we will never understand how it is to have the president, the, the privilege and sense of entitlement of a white man in America, right? Right. We will never understand how it feels where I feel like this is my country, or when all all laws policies have been designed to support me, right? Mm-hmm. To push me, my success, to propel me forward, and to 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 confirm my success, right? And when I don't get it, that's a slight to not even me, but the country, right? Right? And so as because I'm the figurehead of what is best. Correct. Right. And so when we see when we see white men lose or even begin to think that they may lose and to start to like 
set up stuff that they don't lose, that's all tied to the the privilege and entitlement that they're used to, right? And so we will never understand how it is to be them, right? To think that, no, this shit is supposed to go my way. Because right. if it goes any other way... Something's wrong with America. Something gotta be wrong with the entire country. He gotta be from Kenya, you know? <laughs> he gotta be from Kenya. If you think this, this black boy gonna beat me, he ain't American. He gotta he be from Kenya. <laughs> he gotta be from Kenya. Because I'm a white man, and I'm supposed to win. Uh-huh. So... And I'm a white man, so, so, oh, guess she's too radical for Georgia, which means, just in case y'all missed it, she's too black for Georgia. Mm-hmm. And, oh, she, what? nope, nope, she's a socialist. She's a socialist. And all you see is socialist. Let me keep my, he literally played to his base perfectly. So let me ask you this. I did see somebody, something that someone says that if she looked differently, so if she was, it was the darker skin, the natural hair that also played against her. So if she looks like what Candace Owens, I guess she's she has darker skin too though. So she what? So you think if her her race I don't know. was more ambiguous? I, I don't know. I'm asking. Like I don't know no. if I don't think it did. I'm I think, think if anything other than for the state of Georgia for someone to to run as governor, right? Anything other than a white man, I think would have been a problem. Anything other than and I think honestly, if she was more what visually aesthetic, if that's what you want to say, I think that would have been worse. Mm-hmm. They they would have definitely tried to play. She got by on her looks, you know. Mm-hmm. Even if she had these three degrees, even if she, you know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. you got to think about all the things they tried to say. Oh, it's because she wasn't married, you know. That was something. To be said, and you know, I want to fan what what the actual governor of Georgia's wife says she wanted a family in the White Girl, House. If you don't pack she, your boxes, she, and leave. you know, <laughs> rather than this Jesus. single woman in the in in not the White House, whatever the governor's, the governor's mansion. mansion. So I don't know if I believe that had something to do with the outcome in terms of appealing to more voters. I don't think she could her packaging. Cause I think it's the packaging of being black was it, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that was it. And being a woman and being a woman. How dare you? Yeah. Um, and, but I think one of the things we talked about is it's just, it's only so much you can fight the status quo in terms. And I go back to people dying out the mm-hmm. Cindy Hyatt Smith's and the Mitch McConnell's of the world dying out because Beto is a perfect example of that. You know, nothing is Ted Cruz is like bottom of the barrel. Right. In many, many things. The actual president of the United States has said that about him. Mm-hmm. That he is bottom of the barrel. He done called a man wife ugly. All these things. So if he could not be, he and he's Oh, you talking about man. Voldemort. I thought you were talking about Barack Obama when you said the actual president. Oh no, the current one. Oh. 45. Oh. When 45 said all the horrible things he said about Ted Cruz. Oh, So I'm saying in this in the stance of visually, so if you want to talk about white men against whatever, it he's a perfect case study of here's a white man, a nice white man, <laughs> who went up against a horrible white man. Well, not even white. We don't even know who Raphael is, right? What is Raphael? Raphael is Cuban. Raphael is Cuban. He went against, but he's a Cuban Cuba. heritage. From Canada, a Canadian Cuban is I, that a thing? I, 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 it gotta be. I still America. I still know you gotta tell me how he Canadian. Never mind. We're not gonna do this anyway. So we have a white man going against Raphael, right? 
and he lost. Mm-hmm. So I think with that being said, it's just a, 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 a we're gonna have to fight the the power of we just want to be red, right? Yeah. And I think Stacy fought as hard as she could as a black woman against the cheating, the disfranchisement, and we just want to be red. So I don't think her packaging, because here we have Beto, who is in the, the epitome of the packaging mm-hmm. in terms of white, attractive, mm-hmm. young, virile, um, funny, all these things. And he did not beat Ted Cruz. And Beyonce, who people and she, she came too she late. She came too late to the party, I but I'm not going to talk about it. We go just whatever. Because it's her fault that she didn't come early enough. I can't. I can't believe she came so late to the party. I'm go. I am interested in, but it's not her obligation. But I did find it interesting that she posted it hours before the post. Well, not even the day before. Literally hours before the post closed. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I. 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 I just don't even think that should be a conversation. The reason why is just she can't even vote in Texas. But I, well, I think it was the everything they do is strategic. I guess that's my thing. You everything know what I'm that saying? the Carters do. Yes. So I think that's what caught me off guard. Maybe it got to her desk late. I don't know. Because LeBron wore the hat to the game, right? Yeah. So, he, like you said, by he can't vote, but he, hey, he put it out know. there. So, all that to say, though, if you're talking about packaging, yeah. Beto was the packaging, right? Mm-hmm. In terms of the standard. And Stacy, mm-hmm. and they can't, they had the same results. But I think, I think we. When, when talking about, especially in these deeply red states, we really got to think about the the narrative that's that's happening around, like, if you vote for a Democrat, what will happen to you? Like, Socialism. Short, short from you will die, everyone will die around you. The zombie apocalypse you, is waiting will be, to happen. You know what I mean? Like, we can't... There are zombies on top <laughs> of the blue wave. Yes. Yeah, so, so, part of the time, I think that GOP or Republicans that's on the fence, they just vote because they don't want, like... Because we know that the Republicans, especially Trump, they rule by fear, right? Yeah, I.e. I, I, the invisible caravan that we exactly. never heard about. Exactly. So anymore. you, so you got run by fear, and the fact that we know that a lot of white people just want to keep this system, you know, working for them, right? Whatever that may mean, and that doesn't mean that they're racist. It means that they are working benefit. for what they aspire to be. Exactly. I think that's where the poor whites come in. Yes. Right. I, I, one day I'm going to be like this or this is the guy who employs me so I need to vote for him. Or this me. guy will allow me to continue this, you know, American dream because you know that the Mexicans, they're messing up our American dream. And so right. if I vote for this this scheme, right, then then I will have the opportunity to get where right. Trump got, right. right, lies. But that's what they believe. And I think you did, we did, just definitely can't undermine. And so... You definitely can't undermine that the GOP rules by fear and the fact that when we talk and we talked about this, white women, y'all failed us again. <laughs> they failed us again. When we look at the numbers for Kemp, we look at the numbers for um for Beto, we look at the numbers. Y'all voted for Well, and let me say this. I said this on a comment. You probably go kick me off your podcast for eternity for this. But now in the Brian Kim situation, they def- it was what eighty percent. It was seventy five percent. Everybody else, it was it was fifty percent. And mm-hmm. I and I think it goes to the same thing where it's we're making progress, right? It's still moving. It's not moving fast, but it's moving, right? So why so, why do you think why do you think first of all is that distinction between majority of white women were unwilling to vote for a black woman Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. but were willing to vote for but, a white man and Gillum because Gillum was fifty by right at fifty two, yes. um because they're men mm-hmm. and women are more threatened by women 
I don't know why that's a thing, but statistically that happens, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think they did a similar thing with Hillary, like how she did not perform as well with women as one would have thought. But Stacey performed better than Hillary. Exactly. So... So in Georgia, yeah, yeah, I think so, it was like six yes. or seven points. Yeah, higher. it was it was significant. So, and we're talking about with white women. So white more women. white, more white women because we all right over here, Melanie. We good. <laughs> more white women voted for Stacey Abrams than Hillary Clinton, Clinton, but it was only like twenty percent or twenty. It was the still range in the 20s. was like in the, yeah, it was still yeah. in the twenties. But I think, I think we're. I don't want to discount the women who are doing the work. And putting it out there, and pushing for these changes, and having these convers—it go, you know, having these conversations, mm-hmm. right, with uh, their fellow white women. And I think it's no different. It it, ha- it happens in every microcosm of society about something, right? Where your the majority of who your your affiliation might feel some kind of way, and you have the minority, and you're having conversations to change it, to shift the narrative. And I think it's happening. It's not happening fast, Mm -hmm. but I don't want to discourage those 50% to keep working, to keep working on your fellow white woman or, you know, your nana or your, you know what I'm saying? Like, have those conversations with her. Not because there were, you saw on the news where there were white women Republicans saying they voted for Beto, saying they voted for Andrew, like how they're switching you know, because they realize this, the current top down thing is out of hand, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to. I feel like that, yes, they failed Georgia. That's period. That's, yeah, 75% is not okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that 50% for Andrew and Beto is progress. It's obviously one. I wish we had been at 50. When you compare the 50 to the 75, mm-hmm. Florida and Texas are on to something that Georgia just can't get to just yet. Mm. You know, or. Freaking Roy Moore in Alabama. You know, thank God for black women. We overshadowed. But the point was, it still was a... When we talk about quote-unquote white women failing us, I think they are, but it's for them... I'm glad these stats are going out there so they can keep having... Y'all got work to do. Sure do. Like, just like... It's no different from people saying millennials not voting, black people not voting. We recognize we got work to do, so what we've been doing? Work. I mean, I think... I mean, okay. So here, this is the thing... they're, they are voting. We just think they're voting for the wrong candidate. Correct. Right? And so... Or against their own interest and they don't know it. I definitely think they're voting against their own interest when you talk to... When you talk about just this system is designed for white men and we, we didn't say all white people because I acknowledge that there's some disparity, but they don't see it. And... Frankly, I mean, I I can't save I I can't save a white woman. I, well, that's we, not we point. shouldn't be. <laughs> we, you can't. That's what I'm saying. That those it's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Me, Iman, Vanetta, whoever. It's nothing we can do as black women about those statistics, except talk to our white women who are on the same side as us. Our I said, and like I ain't talking them. to them. What I'm saying, the ones. Not saying we need to go recruit them, but the yeah, ones yeah. who we already cool with. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all got work to do, sis. What's going on? Hey, what? Talk to your mama. What was y'all doing <laughs> at Thanksgiving? Like, girl, what? And you know, and I think I had a conversation with a friend. I think a lot of it too for some of them. You know, they don't understand. It's we. I'm mean, we just said this and we done with it. Religion mm-hmm. plays a very key Huge. part, and some of them cannot see past abortion stuff right mm-hmm. and the needle what is the bible verse about the needle in your eye you can't see because the needle in your eye mm-hmm. and i think a lot of them they so stuck on that and they don't understand this difference between pro you can be 
pro-choice and against abortion. Yeah. And nobody, it's always this one or the other. Mm -hmm. But you can say, I'm against abortion, but I support a woman having the right to do what she needs to do for her body. Even though I wouldn't do it, I'm not going to force my choice upon you. But they don't see that. They say, oh, we killing babies? Nope. Who, and who is okay? Who is? I'm voting for whoever is mad about killing babies. And I, I don't care what else they do. They can grow for one by her vagina. But guess what? If it's a baby in it, she got to have it's it. A, it's not even if it's a baby in it, right? <laughs> it's fetus. not. Because if, if you care about the welfare of children, you would be... like. I think that the policies would be different, right? And this is not... And I know people have talked about... About you know this this pro life agenda and how it just it just conflicts just everything. Because if you're about life, life is until someone dies, right? If you're about the the welfare of a life of of well being of people, then you would just act differently, right? Because you can't be pro life and have babies in cages. You can't be pro life and be worried about the care. Well, we don't give a damn once they out the coochie. That's I, what I'm, I'm assuming saying. that's what they think. I'm saying yeah. that's so you can't stop start saying you pro conception. Pro embryo, pro mm-hmm. fetus, but you are not. You're not even pro, especially you're not pro life when you're you're want to force a woman to choose her baby's life over her own life. Mm-hmm. I still think, and because some of that is what it's about, right? It's about there have been situations where doctors have forced women to have babies, even though it put her life in danger. When she said, "Hey, hey, hey no, I can, I can probably make another baby. I want to be here." You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So anyway, I just want all that to say when we talk about. The white unicorn problem. I'm just saying, let's be careful in our not careful, but I just don't want to make it where they feel like there's no work to be done or it's pointless mm-hmm. or that it's not appreciated that it's being shifted, right? Or that narrative being shifted. Cause they got like I said, they got work to do like we had work to do. Mm-hmm. Black people weren't voting, they still ain't really voting. We have work to do. We've been out there getting people registered, talking about the importance of voting. Millennials weren't wrong. Like you, everybody has work to do on some group. They just a are not doing it, or mm-hmm. it's not moving fast enough. And 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 let's talk about also the historically voter suppression works, right? And so, okay. vo- voting levels used to be higher among Black people, but they have voter suppression to where I. You vote, you die, and so therefore, you know what I mean. That trickle down, and that, and that's seen in a lot of different things, right? That's seen in you know our health system and how health disparities, how we were treated like, like you know we were experimented on like animals, right? right. And so why we distrust health, this banking system as as well, and so we've seen that the housing, a lot. So a lot, of, yeah, housing. So a lot of this aversion to a lot of different things or a why black rates aren't to the to that of whites is because historically. We've been kind of pushed to the edges, right? For many different reasons. Right. Um, but yeah, so thank you, because I know this is will be if by the time we end here, it'll be like an hour long podcast. <laughs> and that's all right, because it's a lot to say. People. It is a lot to say. It is a lot to Sorry. say. And then I but thanks for having me, allowing me to get on here and on my soapbox again. Um I'm learning so much from this, so I appreciate the opportunity to exchange ideas. No problem. So how could we raise the bar? Let's just Go right into the raise the bar, raising the bar segment. How besides from besides from donating to Fair Fight Georgia? Yes, donate to Fair Fight Georgia. Also, we have a new Secretary of State who is coming in. I mean, I'm not gonna. It's a runoff of Secretary of State, right? And his name is. I have lost it in my paperwork, but give me three seconds. Here. <clears throat> 
the person who is is John Barrow, and December fourth is the runoff. So we got to channel that energy in Georgia to make sure that he wins and fights for the integrity going forward, and can work with organizations in Georgia who want to not see this continue to happen. So that's how we raise the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. I- Every time we have issues like this where you see elections, votes being recounted, the margin is so slim in most of these elections. I think more than anything, it is, is, it's a testament to just how important it is to vote if you choose to do so, right? And I, and I always throw that in there because I, no matter what, I, I don't know, I still respect a person's right not to, but I want everybody to. <laughs> right. Um, and I think this is just still a testament to, um, you know, shout out to Florida. Y'all passed Amendment 4. You know, you got a million people more that's able to vote. Um, and I think what we'll see, it, as long as there's a reason why they keep trying to suppress our vote. There's a reason why gerrymandering is happening. There's They, they know what works, right? And I think... Voting, I and I say this all the time. Voting is just one tool in the toolbox that we can use, um, and so yeah, I think we're gonna continue to see very explosive or just very very um, dynamic elections moving forward, especially as long as we have the current president in office, um, and as long as we have, I think. Because I think people are able to see if you have the right person in a particular office, things that can be done, mm-hmm. right? We're able to see a path forward that I don't think we kind of... Okay, I'll say this. I think that all all presidents did stuff, probably Barack Obama included, that we wouldn't agree with. I don't, I don't, right. I don't think anyone agrees with everything that a president does, right? right? But I think what we've seen in this presidency is one of like trying to um, silence the press and trying to you know, do... It's just so many things that we've seen that what can happen when a, a certain person gets into office. And and largely, we're probably going to see this with the Supreme Court too now that they have Kavanaugh on, right? right? And so more than anything, I think electoral politics is just at a very, very uh, interesting time where we need to make sure that we have the right people in, in, in certain positions, so... Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Keep fighting the fight. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to close out. Y'all stay blessed. Thank y'all for joining. Um, we can be found on www.rtbpodcast.com, on Instagram and Facebook, One RTB Podcast. Um, yeah, so thank you for joining and stay blessed. <laughs>